Clinker Factor, the Cement Industry Podcast. So welcome to the Clinker Factor, a podcast from the World Cement Association. My name is Ian Riley. I'm CEO of WCA, and I'm delighted today to be talking to Mahendra Singhi, the visionary CEO of Dalmia Cement. So Mahendra, can I start by asking you to tell us a bit about your background and how you got involved in the cement industry? It's quite interesting, you know, like I was just looking for that where I can get myself trained. So at that time, Mr. B.K. Birla, and he was putting up a cement project in the central part of India. And then he said that this would be a great opportunity for a youngster to learn, can learn project and technicalities. Then he could be a one techno-commercial manager, techno-commercial leader. And at that time, that BK Birla group, Century was a very prominent group. So I joined there and there I liked because then I started understanding that how commercial part and technical part can play important role. Thereafter, I could get the opportunity as a manager and uh, as a people manager. So slowly, slowly, I progressed. So it was just in 1978, I started my journey. Then I uh, came to two other companies. And then ultimately, I could understand few things in cement. One, uh, it is uh, a commodity which helps people, which makes people happy. Because until unless I have, I built my own house, I wouldn't be fully happy. Until unless government builds infrastructure, it wouldn't be happy and it, it wouldn't be doing its job and all would be built by cement. So I got fascinated with cement. And at the same time, it's quite simple process, not much varieties. So you can manage well. And thirdly, if you can manage its cost management, its brand management in a proper way, then it can be good profitable also. So my journey, it went up till 98. And then I came across USAID group who were trying to create energy efficiency in uh, various sectors. And at the time I was heading Sri Cement and that was one of the most energy efficient cement company. And then they said that yes, we would like to promote this. We would like to experiment the uh, generation of power from waste hot gases of cement plant, which was not popular at the time. And I was in Washington along with the 10 other uh, senior leaders. And then we had meeting with Al Gore in White House. And thereafter we could understand that yes, it's very important to understand the impact of uh, climate change for the globe also, for the country also, and for your own company also. So cement uh, industry journey continued, but at that time, my new journey of sustainability, my new journey of a climate loving person, that started and from 99 to now. And the good part is that after these many years, I could again meet one-to-one with Mr. Al Gore just a week back. So it's quite coincidence, you know, that uh, we are now talking about uh, my journey. And then I also shared with him otherwise that this is what happened. This is what you mesmerized. And the impact which it brought on me also in my Augustin was that at that time, we could develop the first stadium project in cement industry on clinker factor, which you are talking. Mm. 
that was the first project of steel cement in global cement world which got traded in cdm uh, mechanism and then we could earn uh, in indian rupees if i say almost 45 crores and that created confidence not only in me in my organization but at various fronts that if you do good you can be good Yes, I, I remember the CDM projects uh, at that time. I was in China at the time, and we had a number of waste heat power generation projects that, that uh, were, were part of that. But, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about your background is you have a very long background in the cement industry. Yes. And uh, I think this is one of the things that is, is necessary to be a visionary leader in a particular industry, especially in cement. If I look back to the beginning of CSI about, what, 20 years ago, uh, the, uh, the CEOs who put together CSI at the beginning, they all had very, very long histories in cement and they understood the uh, sustainability challenges that were coming. And I feel like you're a leader in that, in that same mold that, you know, because of your history in the industry, you have a feel for what we have to do. You're right. And, you know, I also got connected with CSI maybe in 2004 or 2005. So at that time, my company was a very small company. You know, if you compare 3 million ton company with uh, Holcim at that time, about 110 million ton company, uh, Lafarge, maybe 100, 110 million ton company. And they were not giving me entry because okay, you are a tiny person, tiny company. But when I presented to them that we are working on total prosperity management philosophy. One, we want to be prosperous as a company by saving uh, money or by controlling CO2 emissions or by increasing clinker factor, uh, reducing clinker factor. And at the same time, we have this vision to be most energy efficient, to produce more blended cement. Then they gave me entry, you know, after two presentations to them. Excellent. To, to, understand, that, to understand that how a small company can do that much work. So, so you, you've been uh, famous, certainly within the industry, and I think outside as well, uh, for the, the speech you, you gave about grey to green. And uh, so maybe you could expound a little bit about it on your whole philosophy in terms of that, uh, that approach. So, so uh, slowly, slowly, uh, working uh, in cement, working on climate change, then we could uh, develop a philosophy that clean and green is profitable and sustainable. Since ours is a commercial organization, so we just can't do any only philanthropic job. For some philanthropic job can be there, what can be there to meet the uh, larger purpose. But ultimately, it should make sense commercially also. So on that account, then we worked on from gray to green, which means though color-wise cement would be gray, but from inside it should be green. And that's why this green jacket also, green plants also. And when we say that cement can be green, then it means it will be using renewable energy. It will be using uh, alternate fuel, which we call green fuel. It will be also capturing carbon dioxide. So definitely one can say that yes, outside it is gray, but it is green inside. It means this company, would be surely profitable. This company or this product would be always sustainable. So we are now working on green cement so that people feel confident that maybe they might sometimes pay premium for it. But at the same time, they can also have the satisfaction 
that we are serving the society. We are taking care of climate change because otherwise it's quite likely that it can be a, another bigger pandemic. So this is the philosophy which we have adopted as a board also and as a people of Dalvia Cement also. And now wherever I have shared this philosophy that we would like to go for 100% renewable energy, which includes solar power also, wind power also, or power from waste hot gases. When we say we'll go for energy plantation for use in replacement of fossil fuel or the other green material like hazardous waste or something. And then thirdly, we'll be going up and up and up on energy efficiency. And lastly, we'll be creating a product which is usable for other sector by capturing carbon dioxide. So it all together, and when I do a mathematical working also, then I'm able to understand that without carbon market, my cost is going down by more than 40%. And, and when I'll be able to trade this uh, CO2, which is saved by me, then I would also be able to generate more revenue. So in my view, in my view, it's such a profitable uh, business of gray to green that each and everyone should adapt, provided they don't have only short-term goal, but they, they have mid-term and long-term goal with a bigger purpose in view that yes, they have to take care of their future generation also. Okay, so let, let's just explore that a little bit, um, because I think what you said there is really, really important. You're saying that with, even without a carbon price, this is a profitable thing to do, that you can reduce your cost by 40%, even with no contribution from that carbon price, which I, I think that's a, a key thing for cement manufacturers around the world to understand. But, but that is what you were saying, Mahendra, yeah? Yes, I'm saying... But uh, it will have many riders because if somebody takes as on the face of it, then my projects may not be eligible for carbon trading, like the problem which it had earlier in CDM. But irrespective of that, I'm saying it will bring down cost. But at the same time, the mechanism of carbon trading, which is finalized as per clause six of uh, Paris Climate Agreement, they all should take care, and more particularly for developing countries. Right, okay. Now, um, if we look at the traditional levers for reducing carbon footprint, so we have energy efficiency, uh, we have AFR uh, and clinker factor, but I think you're going beyond that. You know? You're looking at other uh, particularly uh, circular economy levers that we can pull. Can you, can you explain some of the other opportunities that we perhaps don't normally consider? Yes. So uh, circular economy would be playing very, very important role. And there we have the philosophy of use less, produce more. Like use less energy, produce more cement. Use less limestone, produce more by adding waste material like slag, like fly ash, like a uh, few other things, red mud of aluminum plant or something. So this philosophy of use less and produce more goes very well with the circular economy because by one way or other, many processes of the various sectors would be producing waste. Now, how that waste can be utilized by any other company, any other sector. 
So there we have to explore. And that's why if waste of one uh, uh, sector, waste of one city can be used at somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else so that waste would go into the circulation. And when it happens that, then it is really a circular economy. And the responsibility and the duty of each and every citizen is to avoid waste or to ensure that that waste gets utilized by someone. Even he needs to pay for that, then also that should be done. And there the philosophy of polluter to pay comes in. I understand like uh, you must have practiced in Europe and other places also that in most of the places, a polluter has to pay. So I'm saying that yes, each one should always go on creating inventory of their own waste, how to tackle that, that should be a part of the company's strategy. Yes, and we've talked primarily about CO2 as being one of the key greenhouse gas emission, but I think uh, NOx is also uh, an issue when it comes to uh, climate change and of course ocean acidification. So in, in some countries uh, in, in Europe and in China in particular, we've seen a big move towards reducing NOx levels because uh, NOx, of course, is also key in urban pollution in, in creating smog and so forth. Uh, do you anticipate something similar in India? Yes, in India also we have those regulations and that's getting developed also. But in our view, it's not that big a problem. Of course, it's a problem because it's a gaseous waste, uh, which is not welcome. But at the same time, the quantum is so low try to understand from the such a big atmosphere or big area that it doesn't have much impact. But at the same time, whatever is harmful for the climate, one should look at it and one should address it, but it will take time. So in my view, the first priority is CO2 and methane. Right, yeah. But otherwise, yes, there'll be five other things which has to be tackled, but to take care of any future pandemic, of climate change. We should address these two parts so that uh, you are at least sure of 95% of uh, betterment. So I think on uh, CO2, you entered into a partnership with a company on carbon capture. Was it Carbon Clean? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, how do you see that developing? What, what is the aim of that partnership? The aim of the partnership is to create a project by which we can capture CO2 we can use that CO2 as a raw material for a fertilizer industry, for a chemical industry, for a carbon uh, rod manufacturing industry, or even the captured CO2 can be also used to give strength to the concrete. And in that case, you can further bring down the clinker factor of the cement Suppose if we are making a cement which is having a strength of 5-0. Now, if you make cement of a strength of 20 only, by which you can bring down your clinker factor in a big way, but at the same time, while concrete is being done, you can put carbon dioxide in it, and then the process, chemical process which will take place, will again give strength to that concrete. So there are few pilot projects which are going on in the world. And we are also working on that. So point is, if you are able to capture this gaseous waste CO2 
and use it as a raw material or for any other purpose, then it's a great part of circular economy. Mm. And we are quite hopeful that this uh, CCU project will go a long way, not only for cement, but for various other sectors. And uh, the good part is that now Asian Development Bank, they have identified our project and are conducting a feasibility study. They have launched feasibility study on this. And maybe in a few months time, once they are able to come out with feasibility study, then this project would be fully eligible for financing by Green Climate Fund or by ADB or by World Bank or by anyone. And as aspect of that, we are fully committed that we'll go for one project on our own if nothing happens. And we have been requesting at various forums, please create few demonstration projects of new technology so that that can motivate others. Yeah, no, I, I think this is terribly important. We can see a, quite a few of these new technologies, as you mentioned, for example, using CO2 in concrete, or, or also um, uh, I think CIMEX announced a, a partnership with CUT, uh, which is a technology to improve the effectiveness of uh, fly ash in particular. So there, there are a lot of similar things that are happening around the world, but on a, a pretty small scale. And in most places, the economics don't quite work. So they need some encouragement, some kind of subsidy to, to get them going. But you can see they have a lot of potential, I think. Yes. And, and you know, many times we don't look at economy in the beginning. Mm. Because if you have to look at economy, then you also look at the economy of this pandemic of climate change. So, so the way it will cost us, maybe after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, vis-a-vis what you would be investing. And as a uh, citizen of the world, as a corporate citizen of the world, it's your duty to invest also. And sometimes you should consider this as an innovation project, which may or may not succeed. And we are very happy. We are very committed that we have to commit certain mistakes so as to achieve the success. And this is how, you know, we have become one of the lowest carbon cement fruit company in the world. So, so could we uh, turn a little bit to uh, what's happening in, in India, uh, down here and, and elsewhere in the industry in terms of sustainability practices? Um, could, could we start with AFR? What's happening in terms of the usage of uh, AFR in India? Because I think it's still at quite a low level, isn't it? So first uh, reply to, my, uh, to your first question is that Indian government Ministry of Environment, they are very conscious of taking steps to bring down impact of climate change. And India is one of the few large economy who have committed their NDCs, national determined contributions, as per the Paris Climate Agreement, so as to reach a target of two degrees centigrade. And then what uh, this uh, climate tracker uh, website also considers India as one of the front runner. And government is now trying to create a lot of such policies of, on circular economy and thinking of polluter to pay, etc., so that the concept of climate change comes up in a big way. Now, coming to the second question about usage of uh, AFR or the green fuel, now slowly, slowly, that awareness is coming up and uh, the percentage of AFR which is almost say one, one, one to two percent since uh, in last four years or four years. 
now that's coming to about four to five years. Uh, that is coming to four to five percent, and slowly, 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 it will go up because now government has also come out with certain policies according to which this waste material can be used. You know, it's very important to uh, properly handle and use hazardous waste. Secondly, how other municipal waste can be used. So now there are many cities in the country, they have now come out with their uh, philosophy, how they would be collecting municipal waste, how they would be segregating it, and how they would be using it. And, and the new concept which uh, Dalmia Cement has brought in is AFR as a energy plant usage. Like, uh, uh, in fact, incidentally, yesterday again, there was a meeting with our two other ministers how to promote bamboos, not only a building material or furniture material, but also as an alternate fuel material. And I'm happy that uh, now government of India is thinking to give the wasteland as a land to grow bamboo as an energy plant. And at the same time, this would also be helping the rural economy, rural people. Now the people who are living in villages near to that wasteland, they can be given this job. And cement companies, building materials company, power plant companies, they can have commitment with them that whatever bamboo they would grow, we will use it, we'll grow it. So the cement company or power company will get advantage of replacement of fossil fuel, reduction of CO2, and at the same time, those uh, rural people, they will get employment and economy will grow. So we had come, we were the first to come out with this philosophy, particularly for cement plant, and now it is getting traction. Yeah, I think uh, bamboo is probably the uh, most productive uh, uh, type of plant growth, isn't it, in terms of absorbing carbon per, per square kilometer? Or, uh, but, but, but even so, uh, for a cement plant, you need quite a big area to grow enough bamboo uh, to power a cement plant. Is that right? You're, you're very right, because you know cement plant. But at the same time, I would say in India, about 29 million hectares, 29 million hectares is available as a wasteland. And after some time, bamboo doesn't need much care. Bamboo doesn't need much water. And the way it grows, unimaginable. And another plus point in India is that uh, one of the scientists and one of the company, they have been able to now develop a bamboo, which is called Bhima bamboo, which is having four to five times more caloric value than the normal bamboo, which grows two or three times faster than the normal bamboo. So now, uh, as a Dalbia cement, we have already started growing it, and then we'll be uh, doing it in a big way, because we are interested both in our rural people also, our community also, and the climate also. And when we become uh, good for both of them, it will be good for my organization also. And if, if you uh, take a sort of optimistic view, then what proportion of your fuel needs could be met with bamboo? So, so, so we have targeted that uh, after 10 years, like by 2030, we would be using 50% bamboo as replacement of fossil fuel, hopefully at every place, hopefully. And we are depending on both the government to give us Westland and at the same time, the international 
carbon market where because it would need huge uh, investments methodologies and all those but we are quite confident and now whenever we will be putting up new cement plant we will put up that plant with full facility of using bamboo and mr yan you would also be happy to know that now we have decided also that the next new plant of dalbia cement would be the lighthouse plant as per world economic forum it means that it will be industry 4.0 along with many many other features so that uh, nobody would call it a cement plant but it will be called either a green plant or a climate uh, management plant that sounds good do you also see a potential for using municipal waste as an alternative fuel yes yes so so uh, by 2030 in our case it may be 20 to 25% in, in fact already in our company if i uh, use 100% uh, percent of uh, fossil fuel then today about 3% is my municipal waste 4% uh, is uh, hazardous waste and 2% is other waste which includes biomass and bamboo also and as a company we have taken a ambitious target of reaching 20% afr or green fuel by march 22 and today today in india we are using the maximum green fuel and uh, yesterday only we have declared our results and in march quarter 2 july to september our green fuel usage was 9% okay well done which uh, uh, two years back it was 0.5% so, so this is the thrust which is coming not because of only co2 reduction but also because of profitability yes because of also concern for the society and so uh, if we could just move on to uh, cementitious materials which is also a little bit of a local um, issue you know, in terms of availability of cementitious material i guess in india you have plenty of uh, a fly ash and slag um what what do you think about uh, lc3 as uh, having uh, opportunities in india to uh, uh, further expand the usage of cementitious material i consider this lc3 as a good opportunity and that too in time to come when slowly slowly thermal power plants power generation gets reduced the availability of flies gets reduced and there is no other cementitious material which can be used in a big way then the calcined clay can play a very important role now here the challenge is one the availability of uh, clay so now uh, efforts are being made by our organization also and few others also to get the calcine uh, material deposits and here the challenge would be that it has to be calcined it has to be burned so as to make it usable for cement right so so in that process again it will be generating co2 so uh, in flies it was by product of uh, uh, power generation so there was no additional co2 generation for creation of uh, this waste flies but in this case there will be somewhat extra generation of co2 by burning clay but i am sure that we will find out some other ways and if we are able to get some other type of material by which it can be burned which is renewable then it can also make great sense yeah yeah i i think most of the co2 in the calcine clay is from the fuel so yes. if you can use bamboo or or other 
sustainable fuels, then then you can eliminate the majority of the CO2 anyway. And, and otherwise also like uh, slag that will be available on account of uh, more and more demand of steel in the country. And since you know that uh, our economy, our GDP uh, overall value is maybe 2.8 trillion dollar. And now in five years time, we have to be $5 trillion. In 10 years time, it will be 10 um, or maybe eight years time, it will be $10 trillion. So for that, cement production will go up, steel production will go up, power generation will go up, but power generation, not to that extent in thermal, but it will go up in renewable. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So Mahindra, uh, before we finish, is there any um, uh, message that you'd like to give to the global cement industry? in terms of uh, in encouraging the move towards uh, sustainability? So, Mr. Ian, through you and through WCA, I would like to give a message not only to cement industry, but to the oil industry also, and all people of this world, that please look at climate change as, a, as an opportunity in the risk. Look at opportunity as uh, making your business, your life sustainable, and at the same time, to leave behind a sustainable future for our future generation. And if one looks at midterm and long-term, every action will have better returns. Every action on climate change will have better returns, whether in terms of your good health, if you put up uh, plant more trees, or if you uh, bring down CO2 emissions in your area, whether plant area or any other area, then also it will help as well it can also be understood and termed as an opportunity to create pride and happiness if you look at b if you look at uh, other our organization people feel pride that they have worked so much on climate change so now they are world leaders and so to be leader and to satisfy yourself please work on climate change Okay, so that's great. So uh, we should all understand that uh, uh, working on climate change, earning, earning money from our businesses, and, and having a, a happy life are actually all aligned goals. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. And, and everybody, everybody should understand that all power is within you. You can do anything and everything. So Mahindra, it's been a pleasure as always talking to you this morning. Every time you and I have a discussion, I feel uplifted and optimistic about the future. So once again today, I feel that way. And I'd like to thank you very much for appearing on uh, the Clinker Factor podcast. Thank you. <laughs>